Hello, my darlings. How are we all? My name is Peter Greenwood. Welcome along to the Peter Greenwood Show podcast. And this is a very special week of podcasts coming up for you. First of all, the podcast is back. How brilliant is that? And for a second, I went up to the Edinburgh Fringe and I sat down with a metric ton of performers. A whole lot of people. Comedians, storytellers, singer-songwriters, and every single body in between. So over the next five days, I am going to be bringing you a whole bunch of interviews. How good is that? And we are starting today with a lady called Elna Tiernan. Her show is called Enjoy the Spotlight Responsibly. Take a listen. How are you enjoying the Fringe this year? Great. Yes. Feels very fresh, very energised experience this year. And yeah, I'm looking. I'm just in the early days getting my show settled, bedded in to the venue I'm in. And then I'm really looking forward to going to see loads of different shows. How long does it take generally as a performer to get used to a venue, especially if you're here for a long time, like the Fringe? Yeah, well, you you definitely, usually, if you're here for the whole Fringe, you'll get about 24 days. And I think the first two will be, you're still kind of finding what 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 effect the venue you're in is going to have on the show that you're doing. So uh, I've done two now, so it's time to get up and, you know, get over it and be, be ready uh, and have all that work done. So, yeah, looking forward to my show today. And what is your show? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, the show is called Enjoying the Spotlight Responsibly. And it is, uh, like, basically, in the past when I've written shows, it has been, you know, I've had a big concept. But this year, what I did was, because the world is so crazy, kept a diary, wrote down every moment during my life where I went, what the hell? What's going on? I wrote down all those things and then I just made a show out of them all. That's so that It starts from beginning and ends like that. Recently, I imagine that's not so much a daily or weekly thing. It's an hourly thing. Totally, yeah. There was days where I was doing it four or five times, you know, <laughs> and social media was a great source of inf- <laughs> information for the show uh, this year. Yeah, so people, people will like that, I hope. And what's been the reaction to your fri- to your show this year, The Fringe? Have people been enjoying it? Yeah, it's been great so far. Now, yeah, it's uh, 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 yeah, p- people people come and it's uh, p- people stay afterwards and have a bit of a chat sometimes, and other times they tweet me after the show. So, yeah, as far as I know, it's it's been it's been it's been well received. And how do you? feel this show's different from your past shows that you've done because as you said this you've done high concept shows in the past is this one easier to work through yeah well it's easier in one way because it's it's more of a this is this is everything that and i'm not as careful about trying to construct everything into a kind of a perfectly formed things but i think that's kind of reflective of where we are now we don't have the kind of luxury of kind of arranging everything perfectly anymore the world is kind of in a kind of a more urgent state of of kind of needing uh to get through and process information quickly and i think that's basically where the why the show is the way it is it's reflective of that and are you enjoying doing it this way yeah I do I do actually yeah because I'm 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 a performer that is uh I've been I can be I like when things are careful uh and 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 well thought out but and it's more I guess it's I'm out of my comfort zone a little bit with this show and uh I I hope that 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 is adding to the audience's experience that they're kind of uh enjoying seeing me a little bit on the ropes uh with things as well is the show changing 
daily because the news is changing so much right now. If you have something that you've done yesterday and you look at the news today, will that make it into your show later on? Yeah, but yeah, potentially, yeah, because I'm on social media all the time. So yeah, that that does fit, feed in. But yeah, there has been so much in the last like the last six weeks coming up to the fringe. You could have I could have had a whole show in in what was going on in the news uh, with the, with the Conservative Party, all all that stuff. So yeah, I've I've got I've got a a, a new a new thing about uh, Boris Johnson. I'm going to throw in today. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, that'll fly. <laughs> You're in a good crowd for it. I mean, I don't want to speak for all of Scotland, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that because all, all the stuff I did down in England that I was a bit more nervous about doing down there. Coming up here, it's a little bit more okay. People are a little bit more on 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 the similar wavelength to yeah. the one I am. And does that make it easier or harder? You no, know, having to change things for regional differences. Um, well, I like to think that I would keep the show the same where, wherever it is, but you know, the, you, you, I guess you have to manage people's reaction and kind of understand where your audience are coming from on things. And I'm, I'm, I'm that, 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 that is it. What, what I enjoy about about the show because I learn about the people in the different places that I do the show in. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 what the next month is going to be like for me. Are you going on tour after the Fringe? What's after for you? Yeah, I'll be uh, going back to London. I'll be doing doing dates around uh, around the UK and uh, and in Ireland too, uh, and hopefully some in Northern Ireland. I really like performing over there. Where can people find out about you on the social media? Yeah, sure. I have a Twitter handle. It's at Eleanor Tiernan. Same one for Instagram. And yeah, I have, I have a website if people want to come and visit there. But yeah, tri- please, uh, please get in touch and say say hello. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can get into conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find? Do you get feedback from the audience while you're on stage? Heckling would be a better term for it. Do people shout out things while you're on stage? Uh, not, not, not so much. No, I kind of. But I think you can, you can tell an awful lot from the way a crowd laugh at something. I, I would, I think, I think, I, I feel like I've gotten better at reading what, what a laugh is and and the subtleties between very like somebody tweeted me last night and she said I cackled during Eleanor Tiernan's show and I found that very gratifying because it's a, it's a very specific word yeah. to use to describe her laugh and I I, I enjoy the fact that somebody cackled rather than a laugh because it, it implies a certain uh, kind of it got to a level in her that maybe yeah. <laughs> normal laughter doesn't <laughs> go to. So yeah, I was uh, I was I was uh, I was pleased with that. Yeah, it's not just oh I found Eleanor so funny or Eleanor made me made me laugh. It was I cackled. That's a specific reaction. It's an actual verb. Yeah, yeah. And she's she's not qualifying with, with any kind of intellectual thing. It's just I had a physical response to this to these this woman's jokes. So that's good. That being said, while you were on stage, do you remember the cackle? Did you hear the cackle? I wasn't aware of it. No, oh, no? no, I wasn't. And no, uh, 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 so yeah, I think she was probably more self-conscious of it than 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 I was. Oh, it was a it was a subtle cackle, a quiet cackle. A quiet, yeah, yeah. A cackle yeah. inside oneself. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Peter. Eleanor will be playing at the Banshee Labyrinth, which is said to be Scotland's most haunted pub, by the way. And she is playing from the 6th of August until the 12th. Then she has a few days off until the 14th and then non-stop until the 25th. Next, Matt Winning came by. He sat down, he spoke to us, and I started by asking him if it was true, if he was an actual factual scientist. An actual scientist? Yes. So I don't I, think we've actually had a scien- actual scientist on this show before. N- no. My, so my name is... I, Dr. Matt Winning, but I don't like... Doctor? I'm a doctor. 
Um, I am very. I don't tend to tell people, and it's not on my credit cards or anything. I feel like you should do that at some point. Mm -hmm. I've never really got around to it. It, it's, it's a to-do list. It's on there, yeah. It's on there at some point after the fringe, when things have calmed down, yeah. get my credit cards changed. Yeah, because you can. <laughs> and I can do it, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah, I did my PhD at Strathclyde mm -hmm. University, um, and then I now work at University College London, and I've huh? been there for six and a bit years, quite a while. Um, yeah, but all of that time I've also been doing comedy. Um, so, hence combining the two of these. Tell me a little bit about your show. Is that where the, the merging happens? Absolutely, yeah. So basically, the show is sort of trying to talk to people about climate change, but in a very funny way. Mm -hmm. So getting people kind of enthusiastic about it, trying to get across some information, but using like, you know, mostly jokes and a, a narrative, you know, a story and stuff as well that's in there. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's sort of... Uh, you know, there's a couple of serious points, but I'm trying to make climate change uh, a bit more appealing to the general public, get people to start talking about it and that sort of thing. Which in some way is kind of sad, but you need to put comedy to something <laughs> so serious. <laughs> it's like, what, what was that joke? Uh, I think it was about the current president of the United States, and you wouldn't read something unless you put Harry Potter and the yeah. in front of the yeah, report's yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. I think you're right. But I mean, I think more people are talking about it in a serious way. But also, it can put people off a little bit because it's like it's such a big, overwhelming thing and it can be a bit heavy or make you feel guilty and other things like that. So, actually, just I think comedy is really good at breaking down barriers. And like, if we can all laugh about this together, then we can sort of move forward and have proper conversations about it. How hard is it to put together a comedy sh comedy show about climate change because there is so much to go into it what's yeah, that process like there's a lot there's a lot it's quite tough i mean basically what i'd say is that i've got an even tougher job than all of the comedians in edinburgh and you know i deserve a lot of plaudit for that no um basically it's difficult i have to kind of work out what i want to say first and almost write it like a lecture and then work back from that lecture and go, well, how <laughs> can you make all of this funny so that it no longer feels like you're being lectured at? And I don't think it does. I think by the end of it, it sort of it feels like a very natural sort of... It's just me having a conversation with people about it. But it, it can be tough. And there's lots of stuff that gets cut. There's lots of interesting bits that I'm like, well, this is a really good fact, but then I end up dropping it because I'm like, I couldn't quite get a good enough joke about that or whatever. Um, so yeah, I write a lot of stuff and then just sort of cut it back to what the funniest things are. And yeah, how if you, I, f I find that interesting. But you have to cut things out and kind of scale it back. Yeah. If you were to do the full version of the show with everything you've written, how long? How long do you think it'd be? Oh, uh, more like ninety minutes, I would imagine. Right, maybe more. And this is the third. So this is the third year in a row that I've done shows about climate change. And all of them end up yeah, being like 80 or 90 minutes and then scale them right back. But maybe I'll do one year, I'll just put them all together. Just do three hours you of should. climate change comedy. <laughs> and you can film it and put yeah. it out as yeah. a program. Exactly. You, you can call it me and, me and Al Gore were right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm sort of, I'm trying to be the new Al Gore, but I feel like already with uh, the kids strikes and stuff this year, I've already been overtaken by the younger generation. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I've been skipped out. It's an uphill struggle. <laughs> it is. It is an abs 
uphill struggle. But I don't think anyone else is doing so much comedy about it. So I think I'm okay there. I'll just I'll stick to the comedy niche. How have the audience reacted to it? Have they been enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. It's been really good so far. Um, I think people come in sort of unsure of what it is but then within you know the first five minutes or so people are like oh it's funny okay mm-hmm. cool and then they just relax into it a bit um so yeah it's been nice and but people are also engaged in the topic and and that's the the good thing with it is you get a lot of people enjoying themselves but also sort of nodding along in agreement at times and i feel like not so many other comedy shows do that where people are sort of very engaged in the topic as well it can be tough sometimes because sometimes people nod too much and yeah. And, and don't laugh enough and that is not what I'm after um, I'm very much after you know people enjoying themselves first and foremost yeah. but um, yeah but it's good it's good where can people find out more about you and the show online ooh uh, you can go to my website which is just mattwinning.com um, and there's tickets and stuff there uh, my twitter uh, is at mattywin85 um, the year I was born are you 85? I'm 85. I'm 86. Oh, great. I mean, not 80. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 34. <laughs> but um, it would be weird. You'd have to change it every year if you did it. Like yeah. That. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. So Twitter, Facebook, I think I'm on Matt Winning Comedy. And yeah, just look up the Ed Fringe. Have a look. So the show's called Matt Winning. It's the end of the world as we know it. Um, big REM fan myself. So... I did pick up the REM in that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, love REM. Yeah, yeah it was, I talk about it in the show. It's the first ever gig I went to was REM at Stirling Castle. Oosh. 1999. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it's amazing. But there's a story. Well, it was amazing, but also not. So there's a, I won't give away any spoilers. <laughs> there's a thing there. There's a thing there. But yeah. it was, um, yeah, good, pretty cool first gig to go to, I think. Oh, that's definitely a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Matt. Not at all. That was an absolute pleasure. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Matt is playing at the Pleasance Courtyard. He is playing for the 6th until the August. There's a few days off, and then he is back at it and from the 13th until the 25th. Now, after Matt, Kieran Boyd, he came along, he sat down with us, and I started asking him how he was enjoying the Fringe. Uh, I'm really enjoying myself. It's day five now. I've done four shows, and the audience has got bigger, and uh, I'm really enjoying doing my show. I can't complain. <laughs> can't complain. It hasn't always been that way, but yeah, I'm loving it. See, whenever you think of what day it is, maybe it's just because of when I grew up and the shows I watched. Do you ever think of the guy from Big Brother? Day five at the Fringe. Uh, well, I, I hadn't been doing until now. Yeah, but <laughs> maybe I will do now. Kieran <laughs> is sitting with Peter. Yeah, exactly. That's an awful impression. Having a chat. <laughs> so what is your show? Tell me a little bit about it. My show is called Crashing the Party, and it is, uh, it's about my lost decade basically doing sketch comedy with my two best friends uh, and how we did it for 12 years and then uh, the wheels came off eventually Uh, but it's a show about my friendship with my two best mates essentially and what happened with that i know it's uh, in your show so you don't want to tell us too much yeah, but yeah well i mean it's not really it's, it's not really a spoiler because i go in off the top and say that it, you know it's not the, we're not doing it anymore but we uh we formed a sketch team at university and we did it for yeah uh, over a decade and with kind of our 30s looming one of the, one of the group decided he wanted to stop and we and it came to an end but um 
you know, over a period of that kind of time and when you're young and foolish, you get into all kinds of scrapes. And we had a lot of fun doing it. And we got to do some really cool things and go on tour and, you know, get on some telly and bits and pieces. And there's just lots of stuff that I wanted to kind of um, share with people and and uh, just kind of immortalise, really, because we... There's lots of stuff that we talk about as a three that, that I haven't really shared, like silly little stories. And also the other two have no memory, so they won't remember. <laughs> they, they basically, it's, kind of, it's almost like a kind of um, living diary of that, of that period, basically. Yeah. Have you considered getting them in and doing a podcast with them? Uh, I have not. I'm actually, I mean, I'm, so one of them has properly quit kind of thing. So he's not here and he's not even coming up, I don't think, because uh, he's about to go on a massive five-month round-the-world jaunt. Well, it's uh, okay for some, isn't it? all right. Yeah, he's about to go on safari and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, but uh, no, not especially. I'm, li I'm living with Naz, who's, who's one of the other guys who mm -hmm. I uh, did the show with, and he's got a show up here as well. And so we're sort of helping each other out with bits and pieces for our shows, but uh, not especially a podcast, no. No? Well, it feels like I'm missing. Every, I mean, is there anyone who hasn't got one apart from me? I don't know. My cat doesn't. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, maybe me and your cat could do one. There you go. <laughs> yeah, me, you and your cat. She's big quite chatting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how has this show evolved? As you, cause as you said, it's day four. How has the, it evolved from the concept, the original idea, to yeah. getting it onto the stage? Uh, okay, so to, so to begin, I mean, the, uh, I didn't come up last year, basically. So I started prepping earlier than I have before, at the end of last year. And working with a director who had who had worked with the group as well, so he sort of knew a little bit about us. And and the, in the first few instances, all I wanted to do was just take funny stories from our lives and just try to put them, find a way of putting them onto stage and turning the other two into characters a little bit that I could do. And um, didn't really worry about the sh about the shape of the show for 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 a few months. Just wanted to see is this stuff funny and actually do people enjoy hearing about it. And um, yeah, it's sort of tied in with my love of, um, I like really unpleasant music, like I'm a metalhead. All right. And so it's tied in a little bit with that and uh, we got to play Reading Festival is one of the things that, the, uh, that we did towards the end. And so there's like a little bit of an arc about my love of, of heavy music as well as the uh, story of the three of us as friends, basically. And then since I've been here, um, just little tweaks really, just been slowing stuff down, chopping stuff if it's not working. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it. What do you think the other two would make of the story? <laughs> well, I, has, I, it, has it gone through them? Yeah, I know what they make of it. Cause they, <laughs> so uh, Naz came to see it in preview. I mean, broadly, I think neither of them can have any complaints. Uh, if anything, they've been sanitised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Mark came to the Mark came to one preview and just went, "Yep, yeah, that's that's fine, mate. Absolutely fine." And he was sat there on the front row with his wife, who's also you know she features in the show as right. well. Right. So you know, we've been friends for years and years, and. Uh, Yes, I think. I mean, Naz was saying to me yesterday that he doesn't think he can send his family to see it. Uh, <laughs> give you an idea of the sort of things he might be doing in it. Right. But um, yeah, they. I think they are. They've enjoyed coming to. I mean, Mark came up to me afterwards and went, "Wow, I really enjoyed it, mate. What a journey we went on." As if it wasn't his life. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like he's just forgotten it all. Um, so yeah, I think they've. I think they've enjoyed watching it. I think because I developed it at new material nights that we do with Naz. He's been he'd been emceeing those nights and sort of every time he brought me on, I would sort of do a miniature character assassination of him and then leave. <laughs> and uh, he would always then stand on the stage going, well, no, it wasn't quite like that. But um, yeah, it was fun to put together. Has it been hard going from three of you to one of you? Uh, no, because that because it hasn't quite 
it hasn't been sudden and also this is so this is my third uh solo show actually i did um i did one three years ago and i i, I really didn't know what i was doing the first time i did it by myself i'd only done sort of an hour set maybe 10 times before i came to edinburgh and then sort of tripled that while i was up here so that i, I wanted to do one where i was just learning how to do it um but we'd always done we'd always all done stand up on the side as well it had just never been the priority because the group was always the priority and then mm -hmm. so we'd always done individual gigs as well so not not really no yeah where can people find out more about you and about your show online um where can people find it they can find out about my show by going to the ed fringe website and uh following the links and buying tickets uh i'm on twitter at kieran underscore boyd um but beyond that really there's not there's actually not masses i don't have a website or anything just come to marlin's wind at 245 you heard the man <laughs> yeah <laughs> kieran it's been great having you thank you for your time thanks very much peter cheers Kieran's show is called Crashing the Party. He'll be performing at Just the Windy Room at Marlin's Wind from the 6th until the 11th of August, then a couple of days off until the 13th, then right the way through until the 25th. Lucy Bowment is someone who didn't come by, but fortunately for you and for me and for all of us, I spoke to her a few days before the Fringe via the telephone, and this is what we spoke about. How are you today, Lucy? Are you well? Oh, very well. Yeah, I am very well. I'm, I've got a flat in Edinburgh to myself. My husband and my two-and-a-half-year-old are up yet, so just making the most of the peace. <laughs> I'm having a whale of a time. It's brilliant. Get up when I want, go to bed when I want, watch what I want. And I can actually eat a full meal in peace. It's just, it's marvellous. I keep forgetting that I've got to just go and do a show. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you are living the dream. I am. I'm absolutely living the dream, yeah. I've still got my pyjamas on. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Especially at, at the time of day this is. I won't say what time of day it is, but, you know, at this time of day, that's a that's a rare treat. I know. I'd usually be. I'll have gone to the park, done sandcastle. I've done so many things by now if I was still at home. So, lovely. How are you enjoying the Fringe this year? Is it different knowing that you are a parent or, or is it just, just the same? Um. Well, it's all a bit harder. You have less time to do everything, less time to prepare. And, and um, yeah, it, it, and I, I'm really missing them already, but um, they are coming up. But, no, it's just nice to be back. It's like four years since I've been at the Fringe. But, um, I mean, nothing's changed, really. It, it still feels, you know, it feels the same. It's just gone a little bit more upmarket and a bit more expensive. Yeah. But apart from that, it's um, it's wonderful. You are doing a show which is called Space Ma'am. I'm, I'm never going to be able to pronounce that properly in the traditional way that it's supposed to be pronounced, <laughs> so I will call it Space Ma'am. What is your show yeah. about, for those who haven't seen it? Tell us a little bit about it. It's about being sleep-deprived and thinking that your child's an alien and um, talking a lot about sort of the differences in things, really. Once you become a parent, everything sort of changes and the way you sort of see the world changes, especially if you haven't slept for seven months. And um, so it's about that, really, about my sort of my life so far, really. Um, since since the last time I was up, a lot a lot's changed for me. Um, so so it's about that, really. Yeah. And do you ever feel nervous putting in something like this? Because it I, I, is it vulnerable. Is that right? Yeah. It's, do you feel vulnerable putting together a show of this nature? Now you do have a kid and now things have changed for you? Um, a bit, yeah. But um, 
she'll never know some of the things I'm saying about her. <laughs> <laughs> she'll never find out. And I'll just be able to say, well, you, you drove me to it, you know. Yeah. I had this, but, um, but no, but I mean, I really value my time on stage now that, because I really feel like it's like a social life. You know, I can have a drink and I can talk to other adults and I like, you know, I, 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 it's, it's nice. You sort of, sometimes it can be quite lonely, you know, being a parent with a young child. There's a lot you don't get to do. So. <laughs> I, I, just, I can't, this is just wonderful for me. It really is. <laughs> it's, it, it's great. But, uh, but I mean, taking a show to Edinburgh is, is daunting and, it, and it, I think it's definitely going to take me a few a few goes, you know, to get into the groove of it. Uh, but but yeah, I'm I'm really I'm sort of looking forward to my show evolving a bit because it just naturally does. Once you get up, you know, in Edinburgh with a room and an audience that are from all around the world and halfway through your show, the heat becomes unbearable. <laughs> it really sort of changes your show and moulds it and, and uh, there's a, it's only once you hear that you, you really know you know, you really get it on its feet properly. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to it evolving whilst I'm up here, yeah. Is this the first place you've done this show or have you done it elsewhere before? No, this is, um, yeah, this is its debut. Yeah, I've only done um, sort of previews. And, and and as well with the previews, I haven't wanted to go like all over the country doing it. And I've done a lot locally. I've done three previews in my garage, in my garden, and I invited the neighbours to it. And I've done two in the sports hall in my community centre. <laughs> so it's been lovely, really. It's been nice because I've got to know everybody where I live, you know, through doing this. That's nice. Although if, if a neighbour doesn't like it, I can imagine that's a bit awkward at the at the town hall meetings. Well, some of the stuff I'm talking about, a lot of people in the audience know it's true because they were there. So that's an added thing because I think sometimes audiences think I'm making a lot of my stuff up and I'm, I'm not. All the anecdotes, are, they're, they're all true. They're, they're quite hard to believe, but they are true, yeah. That must be so helpful that you can have people back up like, yeah, this is true, this happened. Yeah, yeah, because one of them is about something that happened with me and the electrician. But I, in where I live, I can say, oh, Glyn, this is about Glyn. And they go, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> up here. But last night I said, I said, oh, Glyn, you know Glyn. <laughs> oh, no, they don't know Glyn. I said, just pretend you do. Know him. <laughs> so I might have done too many shows where I live. I think that's what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Glyn. I, I remember Glyn, yeah. He, he's, you know Glyn, don't yeah, you? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the guy with the, with the thing and the stuff, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's Glyn. Yeah. That's Glyn, yeah. Good old Glyn. <laughs> I'll tell him you said hello. Oh, that'd be, that'd be great of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so how does your 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 show change from kind of north from south of the border to being more up here do you make any kind of regional changes to it at all no i mean i i, I welcome all audiences but i, I particularly the, the more northern and working class you are the more <laughs> the more i'm sure that you 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 um you get my material so I love that. I, I remember last time I felt like on the previews there were a lot more locals in, like Edinburgh, you know, just local people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that last night. And I don't know why that is, but the last few times I've been to Edinburgh, your previews generally was just full of people from just Scottish. It was mainly Scottish people. I think men because it was two for one and they might be tight with the money. Yeah. 
but but I didn't I didn't get that last night. But I've got another preview tonight. But I I love it when it's a quite a rowdy you know audience that are quite sort of comfortable with each other and you sort of you you forget that your job in Edinburgh is as as well is actually to make people feel quite comfortable with each other. Um, because there are audiences from all around the world. Some of them might be knackered because they've seen three shows. You know, they've trudged up past the seat in the morning and then come to see yours. Or, you know, or, or, or a bit nervous. Like, you forget, actually, that some audience members in small rooms, they're so terrified you're going to pick on them. Or, you know, it's quite in your face when you're in a, um, some of the rooms in Edinburgh. So you, it t- takes a while to remember that you've got to make everyone feel like you're the friend, you know, and that you're having a chat. Um, so there's um, there's a lot that changes, but yeah, I, I like the um, I like the, the rowdy audiences the best. <laughs> I like that. I had one in York, and it, she was I could hear the, the older couple on the front row, and she said to him, "Just take your anorak off and shut up." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought, "Yes, you're that kind of people." <laughs> and did you take sides in that argument? Did he take his anorak off? He did, yeah. I had to ask him if he was all right. He, he sounded a bit, he sounded a bit <laughs> <laughs> under the sun. I said, "Are you okay?" And he said, "Oh, I'm getting there." <laughs> Poor guy. Poor lad. <laughs> I would like to ask a little bit because you said that you, you just said that you like a kind of rowdy audience. Does Scotland deliver on that? What are the Scottish audiences like? It used to. I mean, as I say, I, I, I went out expecting it to be. I'm, I'm, is this my this could be my um, I did my did my, my first solo hour four years ago and um, but before that I'd been up four times before just doing either like um, you know like a group one or competition and the, the first few days in Edinburgh were always quite rowdy it was always full of locals and it felt like they was like the real spirit of the you know that and then it really got and it I haven't it, I, I haven't, it, it didn't seem to have been like that a year, but um, but yeah, that's that's what I like. Yeah, that's it, it's the energy, you know. Yeah. This is the voice of Lucy Beaumont. Her show is called Space Ma'am. Again, I'm not going to try to pronounce that in the correct accent because I will make a fool of myself. <laughs> do you get people coming up to you thinking the show is about space and stuff, and how do you have to let them down? It is about space. It's about. Oh, it is. I, Oh yeah, I be- yes, I believe in aliens. I've had a lot of alien encounters. Um, a lot of people in the family have. Where I'm from in Hull, had the first ever recorded recorded sighting of aliens. I am um, for for months now go to sleep terrified that I'm going to be abducted. Um, when my bo- when my daughter was born, I did think that she was an alien. So it, it, aliens do feature very heavily. I did not know that. Well, I, I apologise. Oh no, it's okay. No, you 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 never didn't know. I find aliens a fascinating concept because I I believe in them, but there's always a thing that when you say that, people kind of instantly take you as, for want of a better term, a fruit loop. I know, yeah, and it, it's a real divide, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you either do or you don't. It's, it's like Marmite, really, isn't it? Yeah, except nobody's trying to eat an alien. 
No. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I was on a desert no. island and the only food was alien, I don't know if. Anyway, that's a completely <laughs> different topic for another time. We're here to discuss Lucy Beaumont. Her show is called Space Ma'am. She is performing from August the 1st until the 11th and then from the 13th until the 25th at the Pleasance Courtyard in Edinburgh. Lucy, it's been fantastic to speak to you today. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. Lucy Bowman's show called Space Ma'am, and no, I'm not going to try the accent. I'm still not going to try and do the accent to make it sound properly. Space Ma'am is running from the 6th until the 11th, and from the 13th until the 25th, and she is playing upstairs at the Pleasance Courtroom. Finally today, I went over to the studios just off George Square, and I sat down with the cast of Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts musical parody. It's a prequel to Harry Potter, and take a listen to what happened. Listenicus! No? No? At least I tried. My name is Stephanie Arisa. Hi, I'm Eric Michaud. And what do you all do? I'm an actor and singer living in London. As am I. Uh, well, I don't live in London. I'm, <laughs> I'm based out of the United States. I'm in Los Angeles. But we are both part of the cast of Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts musical parody playing here at Fringe. That's what we're here to discuss. Let's get into Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts musical Great. parody. How did it begin? How did it come together? Um, the show started about five or six years ago. Um, there's a group in or in, uh Los Angeles called Quick and Funny Musicals, which is based out of the Upright Citizens Brigade, and um, most of the creators of our show were part of that group. Um, so it was originally written as just like a 45-minute kind of sketch uh, for this group with some songs in it, and it became such a huge hit that they ended up bringing it back a couple of times. And uh, then Chris Grace got involved, who is our producer, decided that he wanted to try to bring it here, so they expanded the show a bit, and here we are. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Just like that. <laughs> we were here last year, so we're back for our second year this year. And how has it changed, the show, I mean? How has the show changed between this year and last year, if at all? Very minor changes. Um, there's uh, two characters that have been slightly changed or cut completely. Um, but for the most part, the show remains intact. It is the show that you loved last year, and uh, we'll, you'll hear all the same songs. Uh, a couple little tweaks here and there, but mostly the same show. And new cast. Yes, that <laughs> like is the me. big change, yes. <laughs> what role do you play? I'm playing Myrtle Warren, who people know as Moaning Myrtle. Oh, right. So much fun. <laughs> and are you in the cast? I am in the yes, cast. I, well. I play Hagrid. Uh, so our show is a prequel. It's set in the 1940s. Uh, so it's before Harry Potter ever came onto the scene. And um, so Myrtle and Hagrid and uh, Tom Riddle are all students at Hogwarts in our production. And what happens from there? Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, I kind of like to describe the show as Wicked meets Harry Potter. Um, so we are an origin That's story good. of how Tom Riddle <laughs> became Lord Voldemort. Um, it's very much a coming-of-age story. He's a 17-year-old kind of angsty teen, uh, doesn't quite fit in, has a girlfriend who kind of keeps him grounded, and then from there, kind of chaos ensues. <laughs> <laughs> and how does... how? Do the characters that we know, like Hagrid and Myrtle, how do they come into Tom's story? Well, we're all students at the time, so um, we're all... It's kind of a parody of teenage woes, and we're mm-hmm. just taking these classic Harry Potter characters, so it's kind of cute seeing him interact in different ways, which you have to see in the show to see. But it's, yeah, kind of like an emo spin on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the classic movies that everyone loves, and classic characters and books. Right. Yeah. Um, like, like, like she said, we're you know we're all in the same class together. So, um, 
Tom Riddle's kind of the bad boy in class. There's the you know there's the kind of dorky character in class who's kind of the outsider. Uh, Myrtle is kind of a bit of an outsider as well. She's you know really trying to make some friends and, and establish herself as a as a person of uh, of substance. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of a, like a teenage a coming of age teenage story uh, mm. that happens to have some Harry Potter magic involved. How did the idea to put to do a Voldemort prequel? Why focus on Voldemort? How did that come together? Uh, that I think all came from uh, our composer and writer Zach Reno. Um, he is definitely a Slytherin. <laughs> he is very <laughs> much a Slytherin, um, and he originally he originated the role of Tom Riddle. So he kind of wrote it with himself in mind as this kind of dark and brooding character that has a heart and and it's there and it's accessible, but there's that darkness that kind of surrounds it. So he wanted to explore that a bit deeper. What's been the reaction from Potter fans? So far, they seem to really enjoy it. It's because um, uh, there's a lot of heart in this. We're not really making fun. Well, lovably making fun of mm-hmm. it. But uh, fans really seem to like it. Flyering is going pretty swimmingly because a lot of <laughs> fans will come find us and be like, oh, I definitely need to take a flyer for this show. I mean, yeah. There are a lot of Easter eggs in the show. There are a lot of little, mm. like, kind of just offhanded comments or offhanded handed, um, remarks that relate to something that is very much a part, part of the Potter universe. So, it, you know, we talk about it casually, so it's not like we're really hitting everything off the head. It, it is, just like I said, a normal coming-of-age story, but there's all this other things that are mentioned and, and kind of woven throughout that the Potter fans really go crazy for when they catch. Little wink-wink references mm-hmm. for the Potterheads. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not full-on like, oh, someday I'm going to find you dead in, a, dead in a bathroom kind of thing. It's not that well, full-on. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write the script? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> um, yeah, th- there, there are definitely some moments where um, there's, a, there's a scene where um, Dumbledore kind of talks about what's coming for some of these characters. So he, th- he definitely does reference some of those things. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few bathroom references, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> How diff- this is going to sound kind of like a silly question because these characters are the younger versions of the ones we know about. How difficult was it to get into the characters? Like, I don't mean any offense by this, but you don't have Hagrid's accent cu- currently. <laughs> I'm sure you do it, but... Well, we, we hope I do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Last year, uh, when we brought the show, that we were an entirely American cast last year, right. um, and we actually had a line at the end of our first song saying, and our accents will be real bad. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of implied that our accents were going to be kind of all over the place and whatnot. Right. This year, however, uh, only two of the American cast are back, myself and Tim Murray, who plays Daryl, um, and the rest are all UK-based uh, performers, so it's been very challenging this year to think. Oh, I need to nail this accent now. <laughs> um, so I definitely did a lot of research as far as the West Country accent and and UK accents in general to kind of get my ear atoned to that. And I watched. I, I hate to admit that I'd never seen most of the Harry Potter films when I first took this role. Uh, so but I watched seen all them of them now. So I've that's seen them all now. That <laughs> I, I binged them all. Yeah. Much, much uh, research. Um, so I really kind of tried to get my ear attuned to his accent and, and pick up on his cadences and really kind of get the spirit of the character. And your Myrtle is crazy. It's crazy good. Thank you. <laughs> Myrtle is kind of a high-pitched Oh, character. yeah, I'd say. <laughs> How come your throat hasn't been ripped out yet? It's kind of been, like, funny enough, when I heard about the casting, I jumped at the opportunity and sent it to my agent because it's been my party trick since I can remember since the second film came out with Shirley Henderson the voice has always been a party trick so I guess I'm kind of it's always been in my back pocket so it doesn't really ruin my voice every night 
can we hear Myrtle? Sure, we could hear a bit of Myrtle. <laughs> a little bit thing. of Myrtle. <laughs> wow. It's real good. <laughs> that is ridiculously good. I love me some Shirley Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> What about some Hagrid? Oh, I knew you were going to put me on the spot. I, I was <laughs> going to. I, I had to. Well, uh, now I'm not sure I can do it here. Uh, well, you should not have said that. I know, I'm on the spot. Uh, well, actually, I don't ever say that in the show. Um, but I do say things like, um, and Tom, your muffin was saying there might be something you wanted to say to me. It's quite it's not, good. It's not bad. Not I'm bad. working on it. It's better when I'm in the course of the show. <laughs> yeah. When you're actually doing it, it's brilliant. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> what are you enjoying personally about doing this show? I think the script is hilarious. Mm. I love, and because we've kind of been thrown into it, well, the new cast, I'm one of the new members, and obviously, as you can hear, I'm American, not part of the new UK people, but um, the script is still quite new to us since we had a week of rehearsals after we were... Um, cast so it's still quite new and it still makes me crack up we'll be backstage like not not quite stifling laughs but if we wanted to laugh we could easily let it rip <laughs> like it's very funny and just fun to play there's a really great cast it's just yeah I'm not bored of it and I can't see how I will be anytime mm -hmm. soon so and how deep into the Harry Potter legacy does it go like do you have the school uniforms and the ones and how deep did research into that go we've got the uniforms for sure we do we have the uniforms we have the house colors mm -hmm. um we all have wands uh, or most of us do um so the, it's it's very been it's been very painstaking um the creators of the show are all huge huge harry potter fans and mm -hmm. so you know we we say that this is a parody but it really is a very loving tribute yeah and it really is just another story from the harry potter universe um we do poke a little fun at the stories and some of the characters therein, but it's really With a love. very loving tribute. <laughs> yeah. um, so everything has been very carefully thought out and, and it's more of a tribute than anything. Have you heard anything from many of the Harry Potter cast in relation to the show? And what would you do if they came along? <laughs> <laughs> from the Harry Potter cast? Yeah. I would be super uh, starstruck, I guess. Right. And maybe, maybe a little scared. <laughs> Uh, we did a press event last year uh, when the cast was here um, at some uh, like a Harry Potter convention of some sorts that was happening about 45 minutes outside of town. And a few of the cast members from the films, like kind of secondary characters, were there. Um, and we didn't ever cross paths with them. So we, we haven't had any interactions yet. But saying. I do know that J.K. Rowling was at Fringe last year. Right. And we all tweeted her like, hey, come to see us. But we don't <laughs> think she did. We're not sure. But we don't think she did. Well, that being said, like if she does go anywhere, people are going to know us. So maybe, did you notice somebody sitting at the back in sunglasses and like a trench coat and Wait, a hat? Incognito. We've been looking. <laughs> JK, you out there? We're Come looking for us, you. JK. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the funniest thing in the show, your, your absolute best moment? Without spoiling it, of course. Uh, I think your song. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that is quite funny. Um, well, there's a, I can say there's a battle of the bands. Yes. There's a battle of the bands, so a few of us students have our own numbers and it's quite revealing of everyone's inner monologues and stuff and it's kind of just a new twist on these characters you might think you know <laughs> and um <laughs> very fun we got some dancing owls sexy dancing owls <laughs> sexy dancing owls. yeah that's not a sentence i thought i'd hear today that's also a good title for an autobiography sexy dancing owls the stephanie arisa story <laughs> love it coming to bookstores this fall yeah you are. 
<laughs> can I read the autobiography? Can I read? Can I do the audiobook version? I wish you would. Fantastic. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, yes. And then there were sexy dancing <laughs> owls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Where can people find out more about the show online and, uh, about, and you about can, you guys? You can check out, uh, we're on Twitter, so we're at Voldemort Show. Um, we do, uh, we have that hashtag as well, so if you ever want to see any reviews or what audiences are saying about us, you can look at Twitter and hashtag Voldemort Show. Um, we are always around Fringe, we're especially, especially in the assembly area, uh, there you'll see people flyering for our show. Um, but you can find us, the actual performance time is at 5 o'clock every day in Studio One in assembly. Thank you for your time today. Thank you great. so Thank you. much. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Great meeting you. Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts musical parody is playing in room one at the Assembly George Square studio. Boy, that's difficult to get out. They are playing from the 6th until the 13th of August, a couple of days off, then from the 15th until the 26th. And that's it for today, but coming up tomorrow on the podcast... I have got Flo and Joan, I've got Johnny from Johnny and the Baptists, and so many more from tomorrow. And all this week here on the Peter Greenwood Show podcast, you can find tickets for The Fringe at tickets.edfringe.com. You can search for any of these shows and more. Until tomorrow, I'm Peter Greenwood. I'll see you then. Bye, every single buddy. Bye.